Welcome to the doctrine of justification by faith through the imputation of the righteousness of Christ. Explained, confirmed, and vindicated by Dr. John Owen. We will be continuing to read from page 75 for this reading. This Reformation audio resource is a production of Stillwater's Revival Books. Many free resources, as well as our complete mail-order catalog containing classic and contemporary Puritan and Reformed books, CDs, and much more at great discounts, are on the web at www.swrb.com. Also, please consider, pray, and act upon the important truths found in the following quotation by Charles Spurgeon. As the Apostle says to Timothy, so also he says to everyone, Give yourselves to reading. He who will not use the thoughts of other men's brains proves that he has no brains of his own. You need to read. Renounce as much as you will all light literature, but study as much as possible sound theological works, especially the Puritanic writers and expositions of the Bible. The best way for you to spend your leisure is to be either reading or praying. And now, to SWRB's reading of the doctrine of justification by faith through the imputation of the righteousness of Christ, explained, confirmed, and vindicated, which we hope you will find to be a great blessing, and which we pray draws you nearer to the Lord Jesus Christ. For He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man come unto the Father but by Him. John 14, verse 6. Chapter 2 The Nature of Justifying Faith The nature of justifying faith in particular, or of faith in the exercise of it, whereby we are justified. The heart's approbation of the way of the justification and salvation of sinners by Christ, with its acquiescency therein. The description given, explained, and confirmed. Number one, from the nature of the gospel. Exemplified in its contrary, or the nature of unbelief. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 30, Hebrews chapter 2 verse 3, 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 7, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 23 and 24, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 3. What is it, and wherein does it consist? Number two, the design of God in and by the gospel. His own glory, His utmost end in all things. The glory of His righteousness, grace, love, and wisdom, etc. The end of God in the way of the salvation of sinners by Christ. Romans chapter 3 verse 25. John chapter 3 verse 16. 1 John chapter 3 verse 16. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5 and 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 24. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10. Romans chapter 1 verse 16, chapter 4 verse 16, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 6. Number 3. The nature of faith thence declared. Faith alone ascribed and gives this glory to God. Number 4. Order of the acts of faith or the method in believing. Convictions previous thereunto. Sincere assent unto all divine revelations. Acts chapter 26 verse 7. The proposal of the gospel unto that end. Romans chapter 10 verses 11 to 17. 
2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, etc. Stated persons called to believe. Justifying faith does not consist in any one single habit or act of the mind or will. The nature of that about which is the first act of faith, approbation of the way of salvation by Christ, comprehensive of the special nature of justifying faith. What is included therein? Number one, a renunciation of all other ways. Hosea chapter 14 verses 2 and 3. Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 23. Psalms 71 verse 16. Romans chapter 10 verse 3. Number 2. Consent of the will unto this way. John chapter 14 verse 6. Number 3. Acquiescence of the heart in God. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 24. Number four, trust in God. Number five, faith described by trust. The reason of it. Nature and object of this trust inquired into. A double consideration of special mercy. Whether obedience be included in the nature of faith or be of the essence of it. A sincere purpose of universal obedience inseparable from faith. How faith alone justifies. Repentance, how required in and unto justification. How a condition of the new covenant. Perseverance in obedience is so also. Definitions of faith. That which we shall now inquire into is the nature of justifying faith. Footnote. This chapter is obviously the fourth division on the subject of faith as the author proposes to discuss it on page 74. It is not so marked, however, in the original edition, and perhaps the omission was designed to leave the chapter less complicated with the divisions. We content ourselves with simply calling attention to the circumstance, and do not venture to make any change. End footnote. Or of faith in that act and exercise of it whereby we are justified, or whereon justification according unto God's ordination and promise does ensue. And the reader is desired to take along with him a supposition of those things which we have already ascribed unto it, as it is sincere faith in general, as also of what is required previously thereunto, as unto its special nature, work, and duty in our justification. For we do deny that ordinarily and according unto the method of God's proceeding with us declared in the scripture, wherein the rule of our duty is prescribed, anyone does or can truly believe with faith unto justification, in whom the work of conviction, before described, has not been wrought. All descriptions or definitions of faith that have not a respect thereunto are but vain speculations. And hence, some do give us such definitions of faith as it is hard to conceive that they ever ask of themselves what they do and their believing on Jesus Christ for life and salvation. The nature of justifying faith with respect unto the exercise of whereby we are justified consists in the heart's approbation of the way of justification and salvation of sinners by Jesus Christ proposed in the gospel as proceeding from the grace, wisdom, and love of God with its acquiescency therein as unto its own concernment and condition. 
There needs no more for the explanation of this declaration of the nature of faith than what we have before proved concerning its object. And what may seem wanting thereunto will be fully supplied in the ensuing confirmation of it. The Lord Christ and His mediation as the ordinance of God for the recovery, life, and salvation of sinners is supposed as the object of this faith. And they are all considered as an effect of the wisdom, grace, and authority and love of God with all their actings in and towards the Lord Christ Himself in His susception and discharge of His office. Hereunto He constantly refers all that He did and suffered with all the benefits redounding unto the church thereby. Hence, as we observed before, sometimes the grace or love or special mercy of God sometimes is actings in or towards the Lord Christ Himself in sending Him, giving Him up unto death, and raising Him from the dead are proposed as the object of our faith unto justification. But they are so always with respect unto His obedience and the atonement that He made for sin. Neither are they so altogether absolutely considered, but as proposed in the promises of the gospel. Hence, a sincere assent unto the divine veracity in those promises is included in this approbation. What belongs unto the confirmation of this description of faith shall be reduced unto these four heads. Number one, the declaration of its contrary or the nature of primitive unbelief upon the proposal of the gospel. For these things do mutually illustrate one another. Number two, the declaration of the design and end of God in and by the gospel. Number three, the nature of faith's compliance with that design or its actings with respect thereunto. Number four, the order method, and way of believing as declared in the scripture. Number one, the gospel is the revelation or declaration of that way of justification and salvation for sinners by Jesus Christ, which God in infinite wisdom, love, and grace has prepared. And upon a supposition of the reception thereof, it is accompanied with precepts of obedience and promises of rewards. Therein is the righteousness of God, that which he requires, accepts, and approves unto salvation. Revealed from faith unto faith. Romans chapter 1 verse 17. This is the record of God therein, that he has given unto us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. 1 John chapter 5 verse 11. So, John chapter 3 verses 14 to 17. The words of this life. Acts chapter 5 verse 20. All the counsel of God, Acts chapter 20, verse 27. Wherefore, in the dispensation or preaching of the gospel, this way of salvation is proposed unto sinners as the great effect of divine wisdom and grace. Unbelief is the rejection, neglect, not admission, or disapprobation of it, on the terms whereon and for the ends for which it is so proposed. The unbelief of the Pharisees upon the preparatory preaching of John the Baptist is called the rejecting of the counsel of God against themselves, that is unto their own ruin Luke chapter 7 verse 30 they would none of my counsel is an expression to the same purpose Proverbs chapter 1 verse 30 
so is the neglecting this great salvation. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3. Not giving it that admission which the excellency of it does require. A disallowing of Christ. The stone, han abadakimasan, hoi oikadamuntes. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 7. The builders disapproved of, as not meet for that place and work whereunto it was designed. Acts chapter 4, verse 11. This is unbelief, to disapprove of Christ and the way of salvation by him, as not answering divine wisdom, nor suited unto the end designed. So is it described by the refusing or not receiving of him, all to the same purpose. What is intended will be more evident if we consider the proposal of the gospel where it issued in unbelief, in the first preaching of it, and where it continues still so to do. Most of those who rejected the gospel by their unbelief did it under this notion that the way of salvation and blessedness proposed therein was not a way answering divine goodness and power, such as they might safely confide in and trust unto. This the apostle declares at large, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. So he expresses it, verses 23 and 24. We preach Christ crucified unto Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness, but unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. That which they declared unto them in the preaching of the gospel was that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Chapter 15, verse 3. Herein they proposed him as the ordinance of God as the great effect of his wisdom and power for the salvation of sinners. But as unto those who continued in their unbelief, they rejected it as any such way, esteeming it both weakness and folly. And therefore, he describes the faith of them that are called by their approbation of the wisdom and power of God herein. The want of a comprehension of the glory of God in this way of salvation, rejecting it thereon, is that unbelief which ruins the souls of men. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. So, it is with all that continue unbelievers under the proposal of the object of faith in the preaching of the gospel. They may give an assent unto the truth of it, so far as it is a mere act of the mind. At least, they find not themselves concerned to reject it. Yea, they may assent unto it with that temporary faith which we described before, and perform many duties of religion thereon. Yet, do they manifest that they are not sincere believers, that they do not believe with the heart unto righteousness, by many things that are irreconcilable unto and consistent with justifying faith. The inquiry, therefore, is, wherein the unbelief of such persons, on the account whereof they perish, does consist, and what is the formal nature of it. It is not, as was said, in the want of an assent unto the truths of the doctrine of the gospel. For from such an assent are they said in many places in the scripture to believe, as has been proved. And this assent may be so firm, and by various means so radicated in their minds, 
as that in a testimony unto it, they may give their bodies to be burned, as men also may do in the confirmation of a false persuasion. Nor is it the want of an especial fiduciary application of the promises of the gospel unto themselves, and the belief of the pardon of their own sins in particular. For this is not proposed unto them in the first preaching of the gospel as that which they are first to believe, and there may be a believing unto righteousness where this is not attained. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 10. This will evidence faith not to be true, but it is not formal unbelief, nor is it the want of obedience unto the precepts of the gospel in duties of holiness and righteousness. For these commands, as formally given in and by the gospel, belong only unto them that truly believe, and are justified thereon. That, therefore, which is required unto evangelical faith, wherein the nature of it does consist, as it is the foundation of all future obedience, is the heart's approbation of the way of life and salvation by Jesus Christ proposed unto it as the effect of the infinite wisdom, love, grace, and goodness of God, and as that which is suited unto all the wants and whole design of guilty, convinced sinners. This such persons have not, and in the want thereof consists the formal nature of unbelief. For without this no man is, or can be, influenced by the gospel unto a relinquishment of sin, or encouraged unto obedience, whatever they may do on other grounds and motives that are foreign unto the grace of it. And wherever this cordial, sincere approbation of the way of salvation by Jesus Christ, proposed in the gospel, does prevail, it will infallibly produce both repentance and obedience. If the mind and heart of a convinced sinner, for of such alone we treat, be able spiritually to discern the wisdom, love, and grace of God in this way of salvation and be under the power of that persuasion. He has the ground of repentance and obedience which is given by the gospel. The receiving of Christ mentioned in the scripture and whereby the nature of faith in its exercise is expressed. I refer unto the latter part of the description given concerning the soul's acquiescence in God by the way proposed. Again, some there were at first, and such still continue to be, who rejected not this way absolutely, and in the notion of it, but comparatively, as reduced to practice, and so perished in their unbelief. They judged the way of their own righteousness to be better, as that which might be more safely trusted unto, as more according unto the mind of God and unto his glory. So did the Jews, generally, the frame of whose minds the apostles represented, Romans chapter 10, verse 3 and 4. And many of them assented unto the doctrine of the gospel in general as true, howbeit they liked not in their hearts as the best way of justification and salvation, but sought for them by the works of the law. Wherefore, unbelief in its formal nature consists in the want of a spiritual discerning and approbation of the way of salvation by Christ Jesus as an effect of the infinite wisdom, goodness, and love of God. 
For where these are, the soul of a convinced sinner cannot but embrace it and adhere unto it. Hence, also, all acquiescence in this way and trust and confidence in committing the soul unto it or unto God in it and by it without which whatever is pretended of believing is but a shadow of faith, is impossible unto such persons. For they want the foundation whereon alone they can be built. And the consideration hereof does sufficiently manifest wherein the nature of true evangelical faith does consist. Number two, the design of God in and by the gospel, with the work and office of faith with respect thereunto, farther confirms the description given of it. That which God designs herein, in the first place, is not the justification and salvation of sinners. His utmost complete end, in all his counsels, is his own glory. He does all things for himself, nor can he who is infinite do otherwise. But... In an especial manner, he expresses this concerning this way of salvation by Jesus Christ. Particularly, he designed herein the glory of his righteousness. To declare his righteousness, Romans chapter 3 verse 25. Of his love, for God so loved the world, John 3.16. Herein we perceive the love of God that he laid down his life for us. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. Of His grace, accepted to the praise of the glory of His grace, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. Of His wisdom, Christ crucified, the wisdom of God, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24. Might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. Of His power, it is the power of God unto salvation. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. Of his faithfulness. Romans chapter 4 verse 16. For God designed herein not only the reparation of all that glory whose declaration was impeached and obscured by the entrance of sin, but also a farther exaltation and more infinite manifestation of it unto the degrees of its exaltation and some especial instances before concealed. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 9. And all this is called the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, whereof faith is the beholding. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 6. Number 3. This being the principal design of God in the way of justification and salvation by Christ proposed in the gospel, that which on our part is required unto a participation of the benefits of it, is the ascription of that glory unto God, which he designed so to exalt. The acknowledgement of all these glorious properties of the divine nature as manifested in the provision and proposition of this way of life, righteousness and salvation, with an approbation of the way itself as an effect of them, and that which is safely to be trusted unto, is that way which is required of us. And this is faith, or believing. Being strong in faith, he gave glory to God. Romans chapter 4 verse 20. 
And this is in the nature of the weakest degree of sincere faith. And no other grace, work, or duty is suited hereunto, or firstly and directly of that tendency, but only consequentially and in the way of gratitude. And although I cannot wholly assent unto him who affirms that faith in the epistles of Paul is nothing but, non-English words, because it is too general and not limited unto the way of salvation by Christ, his elect in whom he will be glorified, yet has it much of the nature of faith in it. Wherefore I say that hence we may both learn the nature of faith and whence it is that faith alone is required unto our justification. The reason of it is because this is that grace or duty alone whereby we do or can give unto God that glory which he designs to manifest and exult in and by Jesus Christ. This only faith is suited unto and this it is to be believed. Faith, in the sense we inquire after, is the heart's approbation and consent unto the way of life and salvation of sinners by Jesus Christ, as that wherein the glory of the righteousness, wisdom, and grace, love, and mercy of God is exalted, the praise whereof it ascribes unto Him, and rests in it as unto the ends of it, namely, justification, life, and salvation. It is to give Glory to God, Romans chapter 4, verse 20. To behold His glory, as in a glass, or the gospel wherein it is represented unto us, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. To have in our hearts the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. The contrary whereunto makes God a liar and thereby despoils him of the glory of all those holy properties which he this way designed to manifest. 1 John chapter 5, verse 10. And, if I mistake not, this is that which the experience of them that truly believe, when they are out of the hearts of disputation, will give testimony unto. This Reformation audio resource is a production of Stillwater's Revival Books. Many free resources, as well as our complete mail-order catalog, containing classic and contemporary Puritan and Reformed books, CDs, and much more, at great discounts, are on the web at www.swrb.com. We can also be reached by email at swrb at swrb.com, by phone at 780 780- Four five zero three seven three zero by fax at seven eight zero four six eight one zero nine six or by mail at four seven one zero dash three seven A Avenue Edmonton A B Canada T six L three T five. If you do not have a web connection please request a free printed catalog. If you do have a web connection and would like to be added to our email list, please send an email to add at swrb.com or swrb at swrb.com with the word add in the subject line. 
SWRB's email list is a double opt-in list. So once you've sent us your email address, you'll be asked by email to confirm that you want to join our list using the email address you have supplied. Your email information will be kept confidential, and you can easily remove yourself from our email list by simply emailing us at swrb at swrb.com with the word remove in the subject line. Once you are on our email list, you will be alerted to all the free Reformation resources, free MP3s, free electronic books and texts, etc., that SWRB makes available on the web, as well as, at times, to our best discounts and super specials. We also encourage you to reproduce this audio resource and to pass it on to your friends. But we only authorize this as long as the full contents of the message including the header and trailer, is not altered in any way and as long as the audio file or cassette is given away for free. Thank you again for listening to this SWRB reading. And remember that Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 states, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. And 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 11 concludes, Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace shall be with you.